We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Coming up next on Inside Golf Podcast, long conversation with my friend, professional handicapper and better, Corey Larson, where we break down the entire NFL futures market. I know this is a departure from my usual golf content, but with no competitive tournament this week, I wanted to use this opportunity to talk some football. I'm going to be in Ireland all next week. There will be a lot of great content surrounding that when I get back, but the NFL season starts that Sunday that I get back from Ireland. So I wanted to get something out there, kind of crystallizing a lot of my thoughts for the NFL season with one of the smartest people I know, one of the only people I truly follow and trust when it comes to football. Uh, So I hope you guys enjoy. There's a lot of good info in here. We go through every single division, give out a ton of hashtag picks, more picks in this episode than you'll get out of me throughout the entire golf season. Most of these are from Corey, by the way, but those are the ones that you should care more about anyway. So without further ado, let's bring on Corey Larson. All right. My friend Corey's here, Clars24 on Twitter. He is a professional handicapper, somebody that I talk NFL with pretty much every day during the NFL season. And we don't have golf the next two weeks. I'm going to, I'm releasing this on Tuesday and I'm going to Ireland the next week. And the day that I get back from Ireland, the NFL season starts. So I wanted to talk to you about some NFL futures. You're the man that I generally trust the most when it comes to this stuff. So thanks so much for joining me, man. It's a pleasure. First time we talk a ton on Twitter, but first time we're doing a podcast together. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I know we exchanged so many DMs last NFL season when you were you were killing it last year. <laughs> that was awesome to see. But yeah, we've talked a lot about NFL, golf a little bit. But yeah, it's ha- happy to be here and talk some NFL. So for the uh, for my golf listeners, and I'm sure we'll have a bunch of my football guys in here too that aren't really familiar with you or don't really know your work. Give us give us a little background on on how I guess. I don't know how I found you originally or if you found me. I can't even remember, but just give our listeners a little background on kind of your NFL history. Yeah. So I've been sports betting for probably about eight years now. Started kind of as a college kid, like a lot of people. But I think where I was different was I kind of took a mathematical approach at it. 
I went to school for actuarial science. So I kind of slowly found a lot of the probability and math tricks I learned were kind of helpful in pricing the different markets. So yeah, I kind of approach, I approach betting in more of a data oriented approach. So I'm not as much like, it's not like I have a crazy sports knowledge. I follow sports. I love sports. I pretty much watch all, all sports. Um, but yeah, I've dabbled in just about every one over the years, but nowadays I'm just kind of mostly originating golf and the NFL, NFL, because I just follow so closely throughout the season and then golf because I've just kind of found it to be more exploitable. Uh, just, I think, with so many different markets out there, so many different books, so many matchups. So that's kind of where I'm at. But then I also kind of have a group of people that I'm kind of betting with. And so I'm, Andy, I'm telling you, I'm betting like some weeks, I'm betting WNBA, it's everything. And I really don't know anything about it a lot of times, but I, I trust the people that I'm kind of working with and we're exchanging plays constantly. So that makes it fun. And it's just it's just a grind daily, just kind of getting different action down, but it's just ultimately looking for an edge. Yeah. And I would would you call that a syndicate? I would not consider myself a syndicate. We make jokes about it, maybe some, but <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it's a syndicate necessarily at all. It's it, there's a group of us that are exchanging plays. And then I do have some people that are betting for me. Uh you kind of get to a point where it just becomes a struggle to get the money down. Uh right books once they start realizing you're winning and it's not even necessarily that size or anything it's more just kind of like consistent clv uh consistent just kind of edge in general so a lot of these books will start limiting you really quick so i, I mean there's a couple different outs where i'm i can bet pennies a couple of dollars you know so then it becomes a point where i need to kind of like find my friends and they're helping me i mean i have a group of friends that i'm kind of working with that i'm constantly texting and kind of exchanging or telling what to bet and we're kind of working together in that manner just to kind of transition our conversation in specifically to the nfl futures market have you found that to be the case in the nfl futures market where you've been struggling to it can be difficult to get your money down a lot of the time a lot of a lot of the times with the nfl futures market i assume that by now you have had your a lot of your bets in for quite some time as well yeah so I wouldn't say the NFL, the NFL is probably one of the easier markets to get money down on, uh, like in comparison to golf or just some of those other smaller, maybe player prop markets. Some of the, some of the markets in the NFL are a lot tougher when it comes to maybe some player, player futures. Um, you have to kind of get those bets down a bunch of different spots, but when it comes to like, I mean, you're talking, if you're maybe grabbing a future pretty early or a win total, you have enough outs probably where you can get down some decent limits. Um, that it doesn't make it too much of a struggle. Obviously, the limits increase throughout the summer. So, I mean, that right when they're opening everything, the limits are generally pretty low. So, it come that's kind of when the lines are the softest uh, and they're bet into by, I mean, some sharp groups, some sharp people. And they slowly, like, I mean, they kind of get to the point where they are now. So, that's that's the big thing. I wouldn't say the NFL, NFL is probably one of the easier markets to get money down. Um, but I mean, there still can be the struggles when it comes to maybe player props or just different line movement throughout the year. Speaking specifically about the futures market with NFL, do you find this to be a beatable market? Like comparing this to a lot of the other bets that you make, how do you kind of look at and feel about the NFL futures market kind of at a macro level? It's beatable, but I think it's just as hard as a lot of other markets. I guess it really all comes down to the hold. In each offering, I mean, you have to overcome that hold. That's yeah. kind of thing. 
the Super Bowl conference futures and like player future markets, you'll see those holds that are close to like 40% plus, much like a kind of a golf future market. Now, the difference I would say in the Super Bowl and conference futures markets, they tend to stay pretty similar from book to book. You'll maybe find some discrepancies, but you don't see the discrepancies you maybe see in some of those golf future markets um, for just a tournament when you shop from book to book. But yeah, that hold is so large that, I mean, there's a massive difference between 20 to one and 25 to one. Uh, that I think a lot of bettors don't realize. It's just price sensitivity is everything when it comes down to this. And if you're just betting at one to two books, it's probably near impossible to just overcome that hold. So does this kind of win you towards more win totals types bets, player bets? Like what, when you're attacking this market, what what would you say is the most advisable way or the way that you like to get down when it comes to NFL futures? So I wouldn't necessarily say there's any specific market I'm targeting. I guess I generate my fares on all the season wins, division, Super Bowl odds. So those markets, I can quickly compare my numbers to what's being offered. But I'll bet into those player future markets too. Those I don't have any way to generate fares. I think it's a lot more subjective and kind of narrative based. So you might hear a strong take for a player or you see something in training camp. You don't want to overreact to that stuff but you might start seeing the market move. And I, I mean, if you can see every book's at 15 to one and a, one slower book is maybe still hanging a 30 to one on something, there's a decent chance it's a good bet. Only reason it remains tricky is just due to those massive holds again, uh, just because it's 15 to one and you find, I mean, you find a 30 to one, it just doesn't guarantee a plus EV market in those player futures markets. I'd say the easiest market for someone to be, bet, just like the average just NFL fan, most likely to win would just be those NFL wins. Yeah. Probably, and it's no easier than any other market. It's still, I mean, there's still the VIG built in, and it's just as hard as probably winning golf matchups, for example. Um, similar holds in those markets, but the less hold you can have, the, I mean, the more likely you are to win. Okay, last question before we dive into the divisions, because you just made me think of it. One of the things that I ask you a lot during the season is I'll DM you on Sunday night and say something along the lines of. These are the games that I like. Do you foresee any line movement? I, I think you've been so good, at least in my eyes, of being able to figure out based on your experience with you know the markets and obviously talking to a lot of sharper people that move lines and, and kind of understanding where lines are going. Have you typically seen a lot of line movement in the NFL futures market throughout the summer, or is it kind of pretty even? Outside of the big events that happen, obviously there's going to be a lot of things that change after the draft, after free agency. But like we're recording this on August 25th. Is there a mad dash in that final week? Or do you think it's pretty it's or have you seen a lot more stagnancy over kind of the course of these next couple weeks heading into the season? Yeah, so I'd say right when the schedule gets released and kind of those look ahead lines come out and just the markets in general, they kind of more materialize at that point. So you'll have your teams like the Eagles this year are a great example. They're over under, their over was eight and a half at plus 100 open roughly. And it's now closer to like over nine and a half minus 150. That number has been long gone uh, for quite some time now. And I, that that was one where just like a lot of sharps kind of acknowledge that, hey, this line is just wrong. And yeah. it just that into place. Now, so you see a lot of that initial movement, but you still see some 
you still see some movement later in the summer. I think once more some content people on Twitter and just in general, like just betting groups kind of start talking about different stuff uh, later summer when they kind of maybe transition sports. That's kind of when the NFL starts getting more eyes come the preseason. So you'll still see some of these markets moving at this time. You're not going to see the crazy movement necessarily. But I mean, there are there are still there's still edge to be had at this point. Uh, it's definitely not as much as there was, but you can still find some spots to play into. Okay, well, what I want to do with you is I want to I want to get to pretty much every team. So we're kind of going to go through these divisions relatively quickly. Um, but I want to go through division by division, and I'm gonna we're gonna get to talk slightly about the division kind of from a macro level, but mainly I want to get your kind of favorite bet in each division, whether that be a win total, whether it be a division bet, whether it be a conference bet, a Super Bowl, a player prop, whatever it may be. But I want to kind of give at least go through the divisions, like I said, at a macro level and give a little bit of actionable info on each while still finding a way to get through everything. So let's start with the the AFC East. We'll go AFC, then NFC. Uh, the Bills are the overwhelming favorite in this division. Uh, their win total is 11.5. I'm using all of these numbers from DraftKings, by the way, but obviously I would encourage everyone to shop around and Corey, obviously throw out wherever you're finding the best value and stuff like that. But it's basically the Bills at the top, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Jets. So at a macro level, Corey, the Bills are catching a lot of steam. I mean, they are the Super Bowl favorites uh, wherever you look. Are you buying into the hype on the Bills? So the Bills are definitely my number one team in the NFL right now from a power rating standpoint, from a projected win standpoint, Super Bowl odds, all that. I have them as my number one. Now, when it's in comparison to the market, I'm not finding any value in like betting in over maybe 11 and a half right now. I have them projected at 11.7 wins. And then, I mean, I have their Super Bowl odds at plus 725. So it's kind of hanging right around those numbers in the market right now. So I don't have any plays on them necessarily. That's super pro bills, but I definitely have them as my favorite. Yeah, I'm seeing plus 550 on DraftKings, which feels a little ambitious to me. Um, So how would you attack this division then? Like, is there any team that you feel is undervalued, overvalued? Like, what's your favorite bet in this division? So I'll, I'll throw a couple different bets at you, maybe throughout the pod, if that's fine in each of division. Of course, yeah. I don't necessarily know if I have a favorite in each one. Um, it's kind of going to come down to some of these numbers. I haven't really checked necessarily if all of these are, I mean, I know a lot of them aren't available necessarily, but hopefully some of them you can find at maybe one of your books. I did play the Dolphins plus 150 to make the playoffs. Okay. I showed some value there. I make their playoffs closer to like plus 125. I think there's some upside. Uh, I think Waddle, Hill, I know they're shopping uh, Jaseki right now, but I think that team, I think it's more complete than a lot of people realize. And obviously you're getting plus money on it. And I, I still think they're less likely to make it than they aren't to make it. But I show some value there. So I played that. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on the Dolphins. I'm medium on them. I when I ran through the schedule, I ran through I run through the schedule a couple times and I play out every single game and I try and figure out what I have these teams at and then I kind of attack the win totals market after and kind of see where the biggest discrepancies lies. 
I have them right at nine. Um, I think that puts them right on the bubble for me as a playoff team. I think the AFC is a lot stronger than the NFC. So I think I, I don't know if I have them in. I either have them seven or eight. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I have them at nine and eight, just missing out. I have the Broncos, Bengals, Chargers, Colts, Ravens, Chiefs, and Bills as my playoffs team. So I, you know, pretty chalky. Who who would you drop then? You think if if you have the Dolphins in of those seven that I just mentioned, Broncos, Bengals, Chargers, Colts, Ravens, Chiefs, Bills, I assume that you're lower on market than one of those. Yeah, I would say the one I'm lower on is probably the Broncos. Hmm. Now I'm higher on the Broncos than I am the Dolphins, for example. I, I guess it just comes down to the value in that number at the plus. Right. Uh, I think the Broncos, if I take a quick peek here, the Broncos I have at minus 132 to make the playoffs. So, I mean, I still have them as clear, clearly more likely to make it than the Dolphins, but I, I think it's a lot less likely than maybe where the market's putting it. Um, anything else you want to touch on with this division before we head to the AFC North? Yeah, I'll throw out one more bet. I did play Mac Jones MVP 80 to one, mm. not play that. I would only play that if you can get like 70 to one or better. I think a lot of the, that markets maybe came down on that one. I'm not at all hot on the Patriots. I think the thing you got to realize here in the MVP market is it's all a big piece of the pie for quarterbacks. Uh, a quarterback's winning the MVP. They, they've won it like nine of the last 10. I think the last one not to win it was AP for the. So it's really going to be a quarterback. So you kind of got to split up that pie in a sense. There's, I don't have a fair on it necessarily, but it was something where it's like, if the Patriots, I, again, I'm not, I'm not on the Patriots this year. I have them at 8.48 wins. Uh, it's not like I'm super pro Patriots, but you got to realize the variance, I guess, in year to year and just in to- in general with those win totals. So I did play a little 80 to one on Mac Jones MVP. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that because basically the MVP, you got to realize it's a narrative award, right? So what what kind of narrative can you play out in your head? There's a scenario here where if the Bills, because everybody is so high on the Bills preseason, if if the Patriots can give the Bills a race, which I think is unlikely but possible. And even if the division plays out where the Bills end up 11 and 6 and the Patriots go 10 and 7 and Mac Jones's stats look good and it's a story more about, oh man, Belichick and the Patriots, look at them. Their roster's so much worse than the Bills, but look, they're right there. Like That's kind of what you have to try and figure out if you could see that playing out in your head. I could see that with Mac Jones. I think there, I think there are a couple quarterbacks that I was looking at for some of the longer shot quarterback MVPs. Jalen Hurts was another guy that kind of caught my attention because I think there's a scenario in that division where the Cowboys are pretty bad and I'm pretty low on the commanders and giants as well. Is it conceivable that the Eagles go 12 and five or 13 and four? Yes, I think it's conceivable in that division. And if that happens, I think Jalen Hurts will get some votes. Oh, yeah. I, I can't say I disagree with that at all. I think there's a lot of lot of quarterbacks where if you can see upside with their team and you can catch a number maybe closer to that 100 to 1 range, I, I, I'm all for it. Let's move on to the AFC North. I'm seeing the Bengals and the Ravens, depending on where you look, the Ravens, seem to be the favorite. I have them at 9.5 wins. 
juiced heavily minus 160 on DraftKings. Bengals are at 10 plus 100. So depending on where you shop, it's kind of the Bengals and the Ravens at the top of that division. Then the Browns, then the Steelers. I know you know this, Corey, from talking to me every week during the NFL season. I have a Ravens problem. I have a Ravens problem every year. I love what they did in the draft. I've always been a believer in Lamar Jackson, especially as a regular season team. I have concerns about Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. I understand the concerns about, is this a team that you really want to be backing late in a playoff game when they're trailing? Do you trust Lamar Jackson in that sense? But as a regular season team, I think the Ravens are going to win a lot of games this year. I bet they're over almost immediately. I have them in that 12 and five range. How do you feel about the Ravens and how do you feel about this division at whole? Yeah. So the Ravens are my number one in this division for sure. I agree with a lot of the things you said, a great secondary there, great defensive line, great offensive line, just should be a solid, solid roster. Love the coaching. I think Harbaugh does a great job there. I agree with what you said. I mean, strong regular season team. Do have the concerns about the playoffs. I think some of it is a little overblown. I think agreed. I think the Ravens obviously they want to run the ball, which in the playoffs gets a little bit more dicey. You can maybe get a little more exposed if you're trailing, things like that. But I think in general, this Ravens team, it's it's very complete. And Lamar Jackson's been banged up a little bit in the years past. And they've still really, they've put out really good records. I actually do have a bet on the Ravens to win the AFC at 11 to one. I Me love too. <laughs> I know I snagged that. I think I was at MGM. I'm not sure if it's still there. That was only about a week ago. So I make the fair on that a little under nine to one. So I showed some pretty good value on that number. So, yeah, I got 10 to one and was perfectly happy with that. 11 to one is great. Yeah, I, I really liked that bet. And then I also played some Dobbins comeback player of the year at 25 to one. I've been hearing great things on his health and just in general, I think he's going to control that backfield. And when you have a team that likes to run as much as they do and control the clock, I think there could be some value in that number. I also want to ask you about the Browns really quickly, because obviously the Deshaun Watson suspension is now at 11 games. I actually really like the Browns roster. Like I, I think they have a great secondary I think they have a great offensive line too. I I like Stefanski. I've always liked Stefanski. I still don't really know what to do with this team before the suspension. I thought even with Deshaun being suspended six games, I still thought they could sneak into the playoffs as like a nine and eight team because I, I really do think their roster is strong. I don't think Brissett is great by any means, but they've made the playoffs with Baker slamming the ball down the throat, right? With Chubb and Kareem Hunt, right? So now I just don't really know what to do with the Browns. I think with the extra five games, I have them maybe closer to that seven win territory and probably just out. But how do you evaluate the Browns now that Deshaun's going to be out 11 games? Yeah, I agree with you, Andy. Uh, that roster is really complete. Garrett, Clowney, you got Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward. That's a It's a great secondary there in Cleveland. So that defense can keep them afloat, I think. And I think a lot of people, I think this team's still in the running to maybe pick up Jimmy Garoppolo, low-key. Mm. I'd be tailing off a little bit here as we get closer to the season, but I think that's possible. And I think the thing we need to remember, too, is Reset maybe didn't look too great last year, right? He was in Miami and the offensive line was brutal. That was a bottom five offensive line. So he really didn't have much there. Whereas Cleveland has a really strong offensive line. They have a strong run game. 
How much does Brissett have to do? It's hard to say. It, I did snake some numbers on the Browns. After Watson got suspended four games, I maybe prematurely grabbed some numbers. I did play them 40 to one to win the Super Bowl. Wouldn't spend <laughs> that anymore at this point. I make it closer to like 66 to one. But so that's that's one bet I'm not proud of. I did though snag a hundred to one on the Browns to have the worst record. Again, the whole thing is the, the, the it's in the number. I played that, I think it was at Caesars. Uh it's just a it's a value. And there's there's a lot higher chance than just a one percent likelihood that they have the worst record. It could go bad if, once it starts. So those are two numbers I played on the Browns. I think before we move on to the next division, we would be remiss not to mention the Bengals at all. I like the Bengals this year. I've heard some buzz around like some major regression with them, with them not making the playoffs. I don't believe that. I, I think the Bengals are going to be great this year. I, I, I actually like what they did during the offseason. I know that they kind of snuck in the playoffs last year and went on a little bit of a run and they weren't some sort of dominant regular season team. I think they'll be better in the regular season this year. I have them in that kind of 10-11 win threshold. Do you have any big takes on the Bengals before we move on to the next division? I feel like we owe them something for making the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, so the Bengals I actually don't have any action on. I see them pretty similar to the market. They did definitely fix their one biggest issue, which was that offensive line. So they went out and worked on that. I think they could have a really solid year again. I'm not thinking they're going to kind of drop back as much as maybe some people think. Uh, but yeah, I have them projected nine and a half wins and playoff odds of minus 123. So it's it's pretty similar to market, maybe a little lower. But in general, I think the Bengals should be a solid team. Where, they, where it gets tough is they have a tough schedule. They have a yeah. tough schedule this year. So I think that's the part that's kind of acting against. AFC South. Um, probably the least inspiring division, uh, just from an entertainment standpoint. But we've got the Colts; they are the favorites in this division, minus one thirty. Titans plus one seventy five, Jaguars plus seven fifty, and the Texans are thirty to one to win the division. How do you see this division shaking out? So I'm very pro Colts this year, and I'd say I'm not high on the Titans. Me too, and fairly warm on the Jags. And then pretty neutral on the Texans. So it's kind of starting it off with the Colts. I have a couple different numbers on them. I played them to win the AFC 12 to 1 and the Super Bowl 25 to 1. I think the the change from Wentz to Ryan is massive. I hmm. I think Wentz, I he's maybe not as bad as he gets kind of thrown around in the market, but I think Matt Ryan's still really solid. And I think in Atlanta, he kind of kept them in some games. Then there was no roster there. You see Matt Ryan leaves, right? And now the team in the NFL, just based on win totals and just some of that other stuff, they're now the worst team in the NFL. Matt Ryan, I think, is really what this Colts team needed. They have a really good run game. They have a solid defensive line. They have a solid secondary. Gilmore's supposedly having a really good camp there in Indianapolis. I think in general, this Colts team, it's just a very complete team. Love the coaching staff. So I played those numbers. I also played some Matt Ryan MVP at 50 and 60 to one. I think there's some good value in that number as well. Yeah, that's another good one. Like in terms of the conversation we were having a little bit earlier with Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones, like, is there a scenario where the Colts go 13 and four in this division? Absolutely. Right. And if the Colts go 13 and four, a team that was projected to win, you know, 
nine, 10 games. I think they're probably even some people that would ha- be higher on the Titans than they would the Colts this year. Like if the Colts smash this year, who else are they going to give credit to on that team? Right. They've already, Jonathan Taylor had this incredible season last year and he still didn't get MVP. Like if the Colts are awesome and Matt Ryan's stats are at least decent, which he's shown a lot of history over the course of his career to be able to put up good numbers. Um, I, I like that a lot. I, I don't have much action on this division at all, to be honest with you. Like, I have the Colts at 11. I have the Tights at 8, Titans at 8. I have the Jaguars at 6, and the Texans at 4, right? And I mean, if I'm if I'm playing over on any of these teams, it would be the Colts, and I do see a universe where Trevor Lawrence is just really good, right? And and if if Trevor Lawrence happens to be really good, then you could maybe talk me into a situation where the Jaguars... I don't think the Jaguars roster this year is as good as the Bengals roster last year. Right. But like the reason why everyone was so low on the Bengals last year is I don't think people expected Burrow to be that good uh, as he ended up being. And like, is there a scenario where Trevor Lawrence is just really good? I could see being talked into taking some overs on the Jaguars or plus 750 in the division. But that that's kind of like the only way that I would play this thing. I'm with you on that. The I think the thing with the Jags is that locker room was such a mess last year. Right. They won three games, right? That same that same roster, I think, last year with just an average coach that just wasn't a joke, like could have won five, six games. And now they made a lot of they added a lot to this team over the offseason that you'll see like new weapons on offense. They added Ingram, Kirk, uh, they got Brandon Scher- Sheriff on the line, they got Zay Jones receiver, and then like ETN is going to be back from injury. This is a team that I have closer to seven wins. And I see, I think there's a lot of upside potential. I played some alt over on the seven and a half at plus 195. And then I did actually play them plus 450 to make the playoffs. I have that number in the more upper 300s. So there was, there was some value there on the Jags to make the playoffs. Again, I just see a team that made a lot of changes. I think Trevor Lawrence now has a great coach, I think in Doug Peterson uh, and just in general, I think that locker room is just going to change and there's a lot more upside. AFC West, we've got a loaded division here. The Chiefs are plus 175 to win the division. Chargers are plus 220. Broncos are plus 260. Raiders are plus 650. Um, You could talk me into a lot of bets in this division. I, I actually think that both the Chiefs and the Chargers, I took the Chiefs over. I also took the Chargers over, and that's because I'm a little bit lower on the Broncos and the Raiders. I have both the Chiefs and the Chargers winning 12 games this year. But um, how do you see this division shaking out? Are you kind of buying? I had my friend Jeff Feinberg on the podcast last week, and he was obviously drinking all the Chargers Kool-Aid. There is, and I I, I couldn't really argue with him. I'm kind of in on the Chargers myself this year. But how do you feel about this division shaking out? Yeah, I, I'm drinking that same juice that Feinberg was. I heard him <laughs> throw a 25 to 1 ticket. I have that same ticket. I think it was very close to the time when they picked up Mac, uh, Khalil Mack. Right. Not that that was like, oh, a game changer, but it made me go look at the market. I'm like, wow, 25 to 1. I really like what the Chargers coaching staff with the analytics. I don't know if you heard this, but I heard this the other week and I thought it was really interesting. So before first down of every every like possession or just every downs, right? 
their coaching staff, who the play, the coach calling the plays, right, already knows on fourth down how many yards they would need to be within before if they're going to go for it. So he can call on and third down knowing, hey, we need to be fourth and five or closer and we're going for it. So it's not an emotional decision when it comes to the fourth down and now they're in the moment. Do we want to go for it or not? They already know on that first down how many yards they would need on fourth down to go for it. I love that stuff. And Jeff made made a pretty good point that I agree with about how you know, the coach took some heat for his decision-making last year with some of going for fourth downs on some of those decisions. Right. But I think part of the reason why he maybe went was so aggressive on fourth down is because they didn't have a great defense last year. Right. And so they didn't really trust to punt the ball back to the defense for the defense to get a stop. They vastly improved their defense this year. I think their defense is going to be really good. I think their secondary is great. I think their defensive line is great too, right? So I think that the Chargers, I mean, you could make a case if you're just stacking up this roster, you could make a case that they have a top three roster in the NFL. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. It's loaded. And I mean, they're loaded at the right positions too. A strong, they have a strong safety. They have some strong D linemen. They got the receivers. They got the passing game, a great quarterback. Yeah, I, I think it's a complete team. They they worked on their offensive line in the offseason, which was one of their biggest maybe holes of sorts. So yeah, I'm I'm there with you on the Chargers as well. So do, do you think the Chargers are a better team than the Chiefs though? I think so right now I actually have them dead even in my power ratings. Me too. Both tied for the second best team um, right behind the bills. Uh, So at this point I do give the edge to the chargers to be more likely to win that division just because again, there's a schedule discrepancy there. The chiefs have a brutal schedule. I don't know if you've taken a look at it. Me too. uh, Outside of the division, you already got the chargers twice, right? You got the Broncos twice and then they're seeing the Colts. The Bucks, the Bills, the Niners, the Rams, and the Bengals. Yeah. Outside that division. It's just, it's, it's the hardest uh, schedule in the league by far this year. And I think that's the one thing that kind of 
knocks the Chiefs down a couple pegs potentially. Yeah. The um the last two teams in the division I like like the Broncos. I've always been a big Russell Wilson guy. I just they were the type of team where I was like I kind of like everything about this team on paper, but when I go through the schedule, I just I don't know if I see a path to 11 12 wins the way that I do with the Chiefs and the Chargers. I have them as like a 10 and 7 team. I'm kind of right on market with them. I have them as the 7 seed in the playoffs and then I'm a little bit lower on the Raiders. I think they were the benefactor of a lot of variance in their favor last year. We'll talk about this a little bit more with the Packers, but I think people are overrating the Devontae Adams acquisition in both cases. I think they're overrating how much of a loss it is for the Packers. And again, also overrating how much he is going to change uh, the complexion of that Raiders team. So do you have any quick, big takes on either the Broncos or the Raiders before we move to the NFC. Well, I got to circle it back to you quick. Can Russ still cook? I know you were a big, you were a big on Seattle last year. I was huge on Seattle last year. I got my heart broken pretty quickly. At least they did it quickly for me. Yeah. My Super Bowl <laughs> last year was uh Raven Seahawks. So that, that didn't go as, as expected, but no, I, I think that, I think that Russ can still absolutely cook. I, you know, it's not like he had, I'm not going to give him the pass last year, maybe as many as some would. It's not like he didn't have weapons last year, um, but I still have him as a top 10 quarterback in the league. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I'd probably, I haven't done a quarterback rating, but I think he's probably fringe top 10 as well. I, there are the question marks just after that injury, he didn't look like the same Russ. But I'm with you on the Broncos and Raiders. I did play some under 10 and a half minus 140 on the Broncos. I have them projected just at about 9.9 wins. I do think they have a solid roster. I think the schedule catches up to them maybe a little bit. And just in general, I, I'm just not maybe as pro Broncos as some other people. I, I'm with the Chiefs and the Chargers in this division. I have the Broncos as my ninth best team, I guess, to put it kind of in perspective. And then the Raiders... They're they're more of an average team for me. I do yeah. I see the upside there with the offense. There is a lot of weapons around Carr, but this, they still don't have a defense. And besides, I mean, they picked up Chandler Jones, and yes, they have Crosby. So I mean, those guys are solid, but I'm just not sure that defense can stop much of anything, especially in a division like this. All right, NFC East. Uh, the Cowboys are plus 140 to win that division. The Eagles are plus 160. Commanders are five to one. Giants are eight to one. Um, I don't understand why the Eagles aren't the favorites here. I, I I like the Eagles a lot more than I like the Cowboys. I played the Eagles over 9.5. It's pretty juiced up now to minus 150 on DraftKings. I have them as an 11 or 12 win team. And I also played the Giants under. I'm a diehard Giants fan and I don't like that team at all. I went to college with Daniel Jones. I don't think he's the answer. I don't think he has it. I don't think he's a leader of men. I don't think he's ever going to figure out the turnover thing. So I actually like this division. I found it to be rather exploitable where I found some value on both the Giants under and the Eagles over. What say you? So... Cowboys and Eagles, I think, are pretty similar right now in my power ratings. I agree that I think Eagles roster is just really complete. A fantastic offense line, fantastic defense line. They now have two great weapons at receiver, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. 
the question mark is just at quarterback, obviously Jalen hurts. How, how good is Jalen hurts when they were running the ball? They looked really great, but when they were forced to pass it, they just weren't that same team. So I do have some question marks there. I would agree right now. They are my favorite to win this division. I, the Cowboys just lost Tyron Smith last, yes, last night. So I think that's going to definitely ding them a little bit. Right. And when is their value on the Cowboys, right? Like they're another one of those teams where it just feels like everyone overrates them consistently heading into the season. I don't think the Cowboys are bad. Like I've, I've seen some takes. It's like, Oh, the Cowboys are a six or a seven win team. I don't have them anywhere there, but I would, I, I think I have the Cowboys at 10 and seven and the Eagles at 11 and six, the commanders at I think six and 11 and the giants at five and 12. Okay, that's fair. Now hear me out. Okay. okay. So I, I have a giants take that's going to be against you. So I did play them to win the NFC. Wow. Okay. I want to hear this. This is good. No, I like when we disagree. I want you to poke some holes and my giants are bad theory. So I don't even know. So it's not a super, it's not narrative based at all. Like I can't come out and tell you, Hey, I think Daniel Jones is going to be this rock star QB. I think they're going to have this elite defense. There's nothing necessarily like that, but I guess where I would start is just to kind of realize the variance, I think in the NFL from year to year is who made the Super Bowl last year. It was the Bengals, right? That this is, that was a team that had an over under win total of six and a half to start the year. And I'm not at all comparing. I realize maybe Daniel Jones doesn't have the ceiling of Joe Burrow, yada, yada, yada. But like that Bengals roster looked pretty dang bad at the start of last year too. And I think there's, it's again, it's not something where I'm like super pro giants. I mean, I have the giants as a bottom 10 team in my ratings, but I think just in general, when you're plugging some of this stuff in and you start playing with probability and things like that, the giants come out to a 67 to one in my odds to win the conference. So I did find some pretty strong value playing 85 and 90 to one. And I think the thing that a lot of fans don't realize is there's a lot of variance over the course of the NFL season and things happen that you might not necessarily realize. And there's always a number you can put on everything. So I did play some giants there. I can't say I'm super pro giants. I did play some over six and a half though. And I'm going a little bit cooler on that. Uh, It just, it hasn't been too promising what things that have came out of camp. You normally want those things to sound good. It hasn't (laughs) been great. No, and we see it every single year. I mean, there's going to be a team that is, we'll say top eight in the Super Bowl odds that is not going to make the playoffs, right? And there is generally going to be a team that is projected at four, five, six, seven wins. That is going to be a maybe a nine or a ten win team. Would you say that the Giants are your most likely candidate of the teams that are kind of in the win totals of like that four, five, six, I guess six and a half, seven range to make the play? Like, do you think that their path is the easiest of these teams that? you know, are considered from a preseason standpoint to be some of the bottom feeders? Quick peek, I would say yes. Them or maybe the Panthers. Yeah. Potentially the Jags, maybe fringe, probably a step back from those. I think a lot of it comes down to the Giants' schedule. They do have the easiest schedule in the league. Right. Obviously, that only goes so far. But like outside of the, their division, they get the Panthers, the Bears, the Jags the Seahawks, the Texans, and the Lions. Like, those are all bottom 10 teams. So they do have that going for them. And I think that just kind of maybe contributes to some of my projections. All right, let's talk about the NFC North 
Uh, Packers are minus 190 to win the division. The Vikings are plus 260. Uh, the Lions are 10 to 1. The Bears are 15 to 1. Very interesting division because the Lions are catching all this steam. I don't know whether it's like the hard knocks thing. I just, my cousin uh, who just got married last weekend, shout out Will, he's a sports writer in Detroit. And I was, I was talking to him about this and man, there's like a lion's betting bandwagon. And I'm sure you've kind of noticed it as well with some of the sharper people in Vegas buying into this team. Are you buying into it or are you seeing this with the lions? Because they seem to be in terms of the circles that I follow and the smart NFL people that I respect, there seems to be a lot of a lot of buzz on this team heading into the season. Their quarterback still Jared Goff. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's an issue there, and then defensively, they're still not solid. Like, yes, they have a good offensive line. That'll that'll definitely go a long way for a quarterback like Jared Goff. But this t- there's just not the talent on this roster. Like as much buzz as they're growing, getting, and stuff, I still. I don't have an under, I don't have an over. Uh, I'm pretty close to market, but I'm definitely not biting on any overs on the lions. Um, I'm with you. I have the lions as a six, maybe a seven win team. I don't see a ton of value on their over. Um, I could definitely see them getting to seven wins, but part of the reason why I don't really have a ton of interest in them is I think there's the sentiment that I have seen that, People are lower on the Packers this year. Um, I mentioned this earlier a little bit with Devontae Adams. I think that's overrated. I I, I think that he is obviously a big loss, but you look at this roster from top to bottom, their linebackers are amazing. I've always really liked Aaron Jones. I like A.J. Dillon, too. I think their secondary is awesome. I think they might have the best defensive line in all football. Like their offensive line is great too. My only concern is it all just comes down to Aaron Rodgers, right? And is the, from a quantifiable standpoint to me on paper, I think the Packers have a top three roster in the NFL. And I say that even knowing that their receivers are maybe a bottom five unit in the NFL. That's how high I am on the rest of their roster. My one concern with the Packers, and I bet them over, I bet them to win the Super Bowl. I bet them to win the division. I bet them to win the conference. They are my official pick to get out of the NFC this year. Like, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Is he just too weird? Like, has he is he rolling into that locker room on day one as a leader of men? Or are they thinking this guy's doing ayahuasca? Like, what... That's my one concern about the Packers is like, has Aaron Rodgers potentially lost that locker room a little bit? Is this a team that has enough good juju right now to, you know, from a locker room training camp kind of team chemistry standpoint? Because I have no concerns with their roster, Corey. Oh, that that roster is good. I've been telling people I think it's the best roster they've put around Rodgers uh, since he's been there. And obviously the receiver group is the one knock on it, but I have them top five in almost every other positional group. And yeah, that defense is going to be good. And Green Bay's defense has always been statistically pretty good, but I think they actually have some playmakers now and it's going to be a really solid defense. I The thing... The, I have them as my fourth best team. I also have the Vikings as my 13th best team. I have, I'm, I'm very pro Viking. So I'm actually, I, I live in Minnesota Vikings fan. 
but I've grown slowly to not be as much of a fan of teams as uh, just becoming a sports kind of removing that bias. I'm more of a fan of sports. <laughs> Rob Lowe NFL hat. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole whole deal is like this Vikings team, Matt, Mike Zimmer didn't have control of that team last year. He lost the locker room. Defensive scheme was too tough uh, for, I think, some of those younger corners. The And then I think offensively, they just didn't, they didn't play call into their strengths. Like there was way too many runs on second and 10, things like that, that they just weren't, they weren't optimizing what they had there with those weapons. The, the weapons there are crazy with Delvin Cook, Jefferson, Thielen. Like it, it's it's nice. I think Cousins can manage now. What what is Cousins' ceiling? I think that's the question. He looks great statistically, but whenever those big games come around, he really hasn't really shown up. But I did show a lot of value. I did play them Super Bowl fifty to one. I played them NFC 20, 22 to one. I played some Cousins MVP eighty to one. I played their over nine and I did play their make the playoffs. The Vikings are a team that I'm very pro on. I I just don't see how they lost, I think, eight one score games last year and still went eight and nine. Uh, this was a team that played everyone close when they were losing. And I think the upsides there, I still definitely do have the Packers as my number one team in this division. But I, I do think the Vikings have some upside. Then last question on this division. Why are the Bears at six and a half? I think that roster's terrible. I mean, I I know it's a popular bet, and it's I think I got it at minus one forty. So you're laying a little bit more juice than you'd want. But I say I've I mean I've literally seen this as high as like minus one ninety, minus two hundred now. And generally, like the kind of chalk, uh, everyone thinks this team is going to suck is not a good path to go down. But I do not see a scenario where, the, especially because I like the Vikings too. I don't see a scenario at all how the Bears get to seven this year. I'm I'm with you there. I think I have them at five and a half wins. This is one of the biggest unders positions I've taken. I've Me taken two. half minus 150, similar to you. I took under five and a half plus 165, and I took under four and a half plus 280. So like you said, the roster is just terrible around Justin Fields. And I don't really think Justin Fields is the player. When, when his offensive line is the worst offensive line in the league, I don't see how he's going to elevate the players around him, especially when he's throwing to Pringle and Mooney. Like He just doesn't have playmakers around him either. And that defense is still going to be bad. Yeah, they have the names of Quinn and Roquan Smith, but I don't even know if those guys are happy to be there either. I could see it, I could see it definitely being a disaster. I did play some 11 to one also for them to have the worst record. I, I think it's definitely on the table. Yeah, that's a good one too. Let's talk about the NFC South. Um, the Bucks are minus 250 to win the division. The Saints are plus 310. Panthers are nine to one, and the Falcons are 35 to one to win the division. I'm gonna throw a hot take at you. We talked a little bit about how every single year there is a team that you know, is in that four, five, six, seven win category like the Bengals last year that ends up being a really good team and making the playoffs and potentially making a run. And there's always a team every single year where it's kind of a what could go wrong will go wrong situation, right? We saw it a little bit with the Seahawks and the Ravens last year, where just kind of you knew relatively quickly that just it wasn't their year. They got killed by injury. The team chemistry issues, whatever it may be, issues with the coach and the quarterback. It was just kind of a what could go wrong, would go wrong situation. I think there's a scenario where the Bucks are bad this year. Now, I love their roster. I still think that they have a great secondary. I still think that they have a great defensive line. I think we've kind of reached the point with 
Tom Brady, where it's like you're kind of in a lose lose trying to criticize criticize him, right? Because it's like how many times has he proved everybody wrong and that you know the age is just a number thing, you know all that all that stuff with Brady. Um, I still don't like the juju coming out of that camp, right? I I think there's a scenario. I have questions about Brady's about. I don't think motivation is the right word. I do think how this whole offseason played out with him was a little strange, and I don't like what's coming out of camp. I have the Bucks roster as awesome, and I think it's very likely that they win 11 and 12 games. But if you're asking me, what is one Super Bowl contender that you had to pick to miss the playoffs? I think that there is the most implosion potential with the Bucks, where it's just easy. I think I think the Rams have a very high floor if Stafford doesn't get hurt. I think the Packers have a very high floor, right? I think a lot of these teams like the Chiefs and Chargers have a very high floor. I think there's a I think there's a universe where the Bucks miss the playoffs. Do you think I'm crazy for that? Uh I don't think you're crazy. I think a lot of the things you said hold true. Super good defense. Uh this I mean this defense is like all pro. Like they're the they're my number one defense. So I think they can hold them afloat, but I I'm with you. I did play unders on the bucks. I played under 11 and a half. I played some alt 10 and a half, even some nine and a half. So, I mean, if they were to go nine and eight, which I, I mean, I don't know what I have that price, but I played some plus three thirty on that. So that I definitely see it on the table. Did you see the Tom Brady mass singer theory? No. What's going on with that? So it, someone threw it out on Reddit and it got some buzz from the NFL community that he supposedly was, you know how he was gone from training camp for like a yeah. week when like they couldn't say anything and all this, you can go find it. It's, it's, it's out there. And like, it grew some pretty big steam that he's supposedly on the mass singer and there's whole, because he's like kind of partnered with Fox and like, he would be a target of them and it would be filmed at this time. And he can't tell anyone. And like, no one can tell anyone based on these deal agreements. There's this huge theory and it's like, it actually grew quite a bit of steam. I haven't really dug into it too much, but it's pretty wild. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that's tricky with the Bucks is it's like me and you are both very analytical based, right? I I I would say that I'm more of a narrative better and a spot better in the NFL. I'm a big like schedule spot type of guy, situational handicapper, I guess is what you'd call it in the NFL. But I, I still create an NFL model. I'm still very analytically based. And on paper, I do really like this Bucks team. In my head, something smells bad to me. Now, the problem with the Bucks is how much do you like the rest of the division, right? Because even if you're lower on the Bucks, for the Bucks to not make the playoffs, which I bet at five to one, you have to at least feel somewhat good about the Saints' ability to win nine games. And I feel okay about the Saints this year. I I I bet them at plus 310 to win the division just because I see that universe that I outlined already with the Bucks not being as good. I thought Jameis looked pretty good last year before he got hurt. Um and again, like I think the Saints have from top to bottom a pretty good roster. I still think they have a really good secondary and a really good defensive line. I think that defense is going to be good overall. Um how do you feel on the Saints this year? Because you kind of have to pair those two teams together and how you feel about the Bucks, 
you have to take in context with how you feel about the Saints, because I think we can all probably both agree that the Panthers and Falcons aren't really anything to be worried about. That Bucks five to one, no playoffs number is really good. So I yeah. mean, like that, I have them about minus 300 to make the playoffs. So a lot of value there. So that was a nice snake. Uh, I'm with you on the Saints. I think they have a top five defense. They've got Tyron Matthew. I think he's solid. Lattimore, Marcus May. That's a great secondary. Good defense aligned with Davenport and Cameron Jordan. So, yeah, I, I think the Saints, I've heard great things out of camp, some people coming there. And obviously, everything you hear out of camp is great, right? Like, <laughs> if it's if it's not great, that's probably a bad sign. Like, no news is probably bad news in this case. It's not good news. Uh, so, yeah, everything's been great out of New Orleans. Not why I'm buying hot on them. I think the roster is just super complete. And I think Winston is enough of a playmaker to utilize. Michael Thomas now coming back. They brought in Jarvis Landry. They drafted Olave. Like, they have some weapons. Olave's good. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think this roster is super complete around Winston. So I, I've played a lot of different numbers. I played them to make the playoffs plus 125. Over eight and a half wins. I like that a lot at plus yeah. five. I think that's playable all the way to even like minus 125. Uh, I played some NFC 20 to one. And then, I mean, I have a couple of different other player props even as well in that division. But yeah, I, I'm very pro Saints. I think the roster is just super complete. And I, I don't see how this team doesn't maybe get to nine and eight. Any hot takes on the Panthers or Falcons before we finish up with the West? I'll give you a little. I mean, I think the Panthers have upside. I I've kind of been pro Panthers the last couple of years. Uh, just I, I was hotter on rule and obviously that hasn't worked out too great. He's now like the most likely coach to get fired first, but <laughs> I did play some over six and a half plus one ten. Uh, I think that's good to maybe like maybe minus one fifteen, minus one ten. I'd have to look. I do have them a little north of seven wins. And yeah, I, I think the Panthers, I, I see the case where they could be solid. I think McCaffrey is the best back in the league and probably one of the best weapons in the league, if not the best. And I mean, if we think that the Falcons are just as bad as they are, maybe the Bucks struggle. The Panthers don't have a terrible schedule either. So I did play some, I think it was, let me look here. I did play some 12 to one for the division. Again, I mean, if your Bucks theory is right, you know, like the Bucks aren't winning it, the Falcons aren't going to win it, in my opinion. Like, no. either the Saints or the Panthers. So I think at 12 to 1, you can find some value there. NFC West, Los Angeles Rams are plus 130 to win this division. The 49ers are plus 150. The Cardinals are 4 to 1, and the Seahawks, my Seahawks are 20 to 1. So with this division, Corey, you know what? When I ran my. When I went through the numbers and I did my model, which is a lot about grading the units, right? Like I, I look pretty deeply about trying to figure out the units and then putting a percentile weight on the units and finding a way to calculate which has the best teams. And then I have this whole intangible thing that I do too. The team that I actually was surprised at like, wow, what if this team is not good? at all. This team is like rating out way lower than I expected it to. And this is my favorite bet of the year. This was the this is my favorite. Uh I there are a lot of ones that I like. Like I like the Bears under too and a lot of, you know, <laughs> there are a lot of bets that I like. But I don't know if I see it with the Cardinals this year at all. I took them under eight and a half. I don't like their secondary or their defense in general at all. I have them as one of like 
the worst secondaries and worst defensive lines in football. I, I don't love that offensive line either. Obviously there's been some questionable stuff just going on with Kyler in general about how, what his relationship is to that team and how that team feels about him. I've never bought in on Cliff Kingsbury and his decision-making, to be honest with you. I don't trust him at the end of games. So my hottest take in the division is that the Cardinals are going to be bad. I got burned by the Cardinals so many times last year. You were maybe on my train once or twice too. Oh yeah. Oh, I think I, I think I was betting against them. Maybe it was like six of eight weeks to start the season there. And it's just like, what is going on? And okay. Then- but, but hang on for a second. Cause we faded them so much. I remember last year. And then I remember this clearly my biggest bet of the year. And I, bet you you were on this with me. I can't remember what week it was, but it was when the Cardinals were like seven or eight. No, it was that Rams game. It was that Rams game where both those teams were like, I think the Rams were like six and three and the Cardinals were like seven and two. And it was a three point spread. And my biggest bet of the year was on the Rams because I'm just like, I'm sorry. I do not care what the record says. The Cardinals have been punching way above their weight. This is not a good team. And that was I that was the one and that was also the turning point in their season. And they significantly regressed like we expected them to over the course of the season. But, yeah, I remember they killed me during the first (laughs) half, too. Yeah, no no joke. Like, I think that was probably the team that I was the worst on last year. But, yeah, I'm with you. I project them right around eight wins so I can get on board with unders. I think the one thing I was looking at this just actually yesterday. And the more I was like looking at the roster, I'm like, man, this is really bad. Like right. if, you swapped, if you swapped Kyler and Justin Fields, how different like teams just flip win totals. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They they maybe do to be honest. Like there, there isn't much there outside of Kyler Murray. That's maybe kind of driving this win total. Yeah. So, no, no Hopkins for the first six games either. Right. And then, I mean, they lost Chandler Jones, which was one of their big playmakers last year. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really see it, to be honest. Uh, what other hot takes in this division do you have? I, I, what's kind of your anything on the 49ers or the Rams? I, I think the Rams are going to be great, but I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl again. And then the 49ers, I just don't know how I feel about Trey Lance. Like, you could tell me, I think the range of outcomes with Trey Lance is pretty high. You could tell me that he sucks. You could tell me that you bet him to win MVP and I wouldn't call you an idiot in either scenario. I just don't really know what to do with him. Well, maybe you got to call me an idiot. I, I did play Trey Lance five to one to an MVP. Uh, that number, it was just kind of, I kind of jumped on the steam. I, I saw someone even post, I think 150 or 200 to one on it. Wow. And again, it's, I think, as low as maybe 40 to 1, 25 to 1 in some spots. It's a team that has a lot of potential, just a good roster around him. And I'm having a hard time putting my finger on the Niners and Rams as well. I really don't know. I, I mean, I do have the Rams as the better team. I think they struggle with depth defensively. They've stayed very healthy over the last couple of years. I mean, obviously, they have. They brought over Bobby Wagner. They stole him from Seattle. I think that's a big loss for Seattle, just from a locker room standpoint. Losing Wagner, losing Wilson, that's probably their leaders on both sides of the ball. So I did look at some worst record Seahawks 10 to 1. I priced that closer to like seven and a half to one. I again I think there's a couple of teams really vying for that. It's maybe the Seahawks, 
it's the Bears, it's the Texans, and I'm maybe missing a team here. But anyways, yeah, I, I Falcons, Falcons, maybe did you say? Yep, yep, Falcons. There you go. So yeah, I played some ten to one there, and then I don't have a huge take on the Rams. I'm, I'm struggling to figure out how good I think they are. I think they did lose some stuff on their offensive line, which may kind of jeopardize them right now. I have the Rams as my tied for seventh best team. I it's still, it's still solid. I like Sean McVay, but yeah, I I've had a hard time putting my finger on this division. I'm with you. I I think the Rams roster is great. I don't see a ton of major regression coming during the regular season. They have a tough schedule as you know, you would expect them to, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the one strong opinion that I have in this division is the Cardinals being bad. And I kind of have the rest of the other teams on market. You could talk me into an under on the Seahawks and the Seahawks being really bad just because I think Drew Watt, I think their quarterback situation might be the worst in the NFL. Right. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think my one strong opinion would be the Cardinals in this division. So we went through all the divisions. Um, before we get you out of here, let's zoom out for a second. I want you to give me like your favorite overall bet if you just had to pick one, and then your Super Bowl pick. Okay, my favorite overall bet available right now would have to be the Saints over eight and a half at plus one hundred five. I think I think that's my favorite bet. Me and I think that's playable. Like I said. You could play that all the way up to minus 130. I have them projected, I think, at like 9.5 wins. So there's a lot of value, I think, in that number. So that would be my favorite bet. Now, you want me to give the Super Bowl, or do you have a favorite bet you want to throw up first? I'll go favorite bet, and then we'll both do Super Bowl. Okay. Um, I'll I'll ride with Cardinals under 8.5. I still think that's minus 110. Uh, and then I 1B to that would be, I know it's juiced up. I still think that you should bet the bears under six and a half. I know it's popular. I know a lot of people are on that train. Maybe the better bet is betting them to have the worst record as you, as you threw out there, but I would go bears under Cardinals under now. Give me your super bowl. Okay. So for, uh, I'll give you two super bowls. Okay. From a, just a straight odds, what my numbers would say, and this is going to be the boring answer. I'd go bills Packers. Okay. That's that's where I'd go with that is the Bills and Packers. Bills but, winning or Packers winning? Uh, the Bills winning. Okay. So I I know there's nothing exciting about that. That's just what my numbers would say. Uh, from a standpoint of like I could see this happening. I show some I show some good value in it. Maybe both ways. I'll give you the Chargers and I'll give you the Vikings. And this mm. is this isn't a homer play. I I truly think the Vikings have that upside this year. I think the NF, NFC is shaky. Like. There's really, you can put a question mark on just about any NFC team. Whereas the AFC, you maybe have five teams where there's not a lot of question marks on necessarily. NFC, I think, is fairly wide open. And if Kevin O'Connell comes in and really can change kind of the outlook of this team and they are able to use those playmakers, I do see the upside there. So that's kind of a little bolder. I'll give you that as my little bolder Super Bowl prediction Chargers, Vikings. I'm going to go with the Packers over the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Um, which by the way, <laughs> you can get the Packers to beat the Ravens in the Super Bowl at 140 to one. Um, I know those bets kind of feel a little suckerish to me, but I couldn't help myself on that one. So I I'm all in on the, uh, 
on the Packers Ravens. Although I, I mean, do you ever play that market? Do you ever play exact result or uh, the exact two teams to meet? You got to be really careful because t- yeah. <laughs> typically you could just parlay both of them to maybe win the conference and then get better odds if just you then pick the winner in the Super Bowl sort of deal. Right. Every once in a while, you can pick off a bad number in those markets, but it's not a market I'm really looking at because typically like, hey, a team's 10 to 1 to win the conference and other team's 10 to 1. They'll give you maybe like 70 to 1 then that they'll meet in the Super Bowl when it should be like if you parlayed them, you could get closer to like 110 to 1. So they build in a lot of like, hey, we're just going to take this from you. So you got to be careful there. 141 doesn't sound terrible. I would have to kind of look into it. But yeah, that's a fun bet, though, for sure. Uh, Corey, this is a pleasure, man. Uh, before we get out of here, do you have anything to plug for the listeners? Where where can everyone find you this NFL season? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter, uh, Clars24, C-L-A-R-S-2-4. So yeah, I post from time to time, nothing consistent in terms of releasing plays, but I'll, I'll throw out some stuff every once in a while. And yeah, if you ever, I'm, my DMs are always open. I love to talk NFL and if you're looking for some way to partner together, like I'm always open to that as well. So that's what I got. I like how you don't, you're not like a tout or a pick seller, right? Like you trust your information. You make your money based on your own personal betting. You're not out there trying to, and you don't even really, I appreciate you doing content with me because you're not even, you're not even generally a podcast or a content guy, but if if you don't mind, I'd love to have you back on again. Maybe we'll do a check-in uh, before the playoffs start or something like that, because uh, I don't say this lightly. There are not a ton of opinions that I really value when it comes to NFL. I think there's a lot of noise out there, and my circle is pretty tight in terms of the people that I talk NFL with, and and you have definitely cracked the code. So thanks again for joining me, my friend. Yeah, it was a great time. Thanks, Andy. All right, that is it for the podcast. Special thanks to Corey Larson. Special thanks to RickRunGood.com. I'm off to Ireland next week. There will be no podcast, but we will be back with a bang the following week for the Fortinet Championship. Until then, enjoy the mini golf offseason, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. If I ventured in the slipstream Between the viaducts of your dream Where my world still runs crack And the dead center back